Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everyone, I'm Hugh McTeer, welcoming you along to this week's La Liga Lowdown podcast with Radio Stakhanov and broadcast on Sirius XM FC 157 in North America. It's match day 35 this week and we'll start off with a big story of the round, the 0-0 draw between Leganes and Celta Vigo. Nope, I'm just kidding. Of course we're going to start off with football club Barcelona and their 1-0 victory over Levante that saw them crown champions. If anyone's keeping count, he was looking at you Zinedine Zidane, that's their 26th title. Lionel Messi was rested and came off the bench in this one to score the only goal of the game after some typical Arturo Vidal persistence nudged the ball his way. Erman in Barcelona, Roman de Arcar was there at the Camp Nou and he's brushed off the confetti from his shoulders and shampooed the cava out of his hair. Hi there Roman, how are you? Hi Ewan, very happy to be honest, oh, obviously very happy. So it's an 8th title in 11 years for Barcelona. Before we go into detail on the 2018-19 season, can you tell us how Barcelona have been so dominant over the past decade or so? Is it just Messi or was there a messianic before and after on when Guardiola arrived? How have they done this? Well, it's hard to explain, isn't it? Because in front, Barca have had a team such as Real Madrid who year after year have a phenomenal squad with some of the best players in the world. So... I even asked myself, how have we done this? But of course, Messi is one of the main reasons, because he's been there in those um, eight titles. He's been key. He's been the main man. The team has evolved and played around him. So, I mean, he's been crucial. But then, of course, I think the style and philosophy of the team um, also has helped this uh, work out because it really adapts to Messi also. And because when Guardiola came in, he really perfected it. He improved it. And since then, all the other managers have kind of worked around it, made some changes, but always made it very efficient. And I think it's been key to this domination. Yeah, one of those managers, of course, is Ernesto Valverde, the man responsible for the past two of these titles. There was crisis talk after Barcelona were thrashed in the 2017 Super Cup just after he arrived by Real Madrid, no less, and just after Neymar's departure. But Valverde's Barcelona side have led the Spanish league for 72 of the 76 match days he's been in charge for. So how has Valverde got his team to compete so well? Yeah, it's, it's impressive what Valverde has done. I mean, he has been very criticised here in Barcelona. That is true. The style might not, not be as entertaining as we've seen with other managers, 
but it's it's just so efficient. I think Balbeda is a really tactical manager. He can adapt with different formations depending on the rival, depending on what the team needs. And I think um, that's been really positive from him. He's been capable of finding those little differences and those little tactical improvements that have given Barca a boost of efficiency um, these last two seasons. And also I think he's had a lot of support um, from the team because Messi wanted the Champions League, Messi wanted titles this year, he wanted La Liga. I think he wanted the treble in the end. And of course, um, having the team um, next to you, supporting you, is always uh, crucial. And finally, Valverde has Messi, of course, and that's always an important factor. Yeah, Messi's been so good this year um, in 2018-19. So, Roman, can you tell me a few of the decisive matches this season, the decisive matches or goals that basically propelled Barcelona to this championship? Yeah, I've written down a few. For example, um, the Clásicos are always really important because usually when they're played, there's a, um, a short difference in points and they're both like fighting to be up there, especially the first Clásico where Barca thrashed uh, Lopetegui's team 5-0 was surely um, a key moment in this uh, season, but also defeating Solari uh, 1-0 at the Bernabeu with all those um, Clásicos one after the other that was also really important but then there were other games for example against Rayo that 2-3 comeback comebacks are usually a thing um, reserved for Real Madrid but this time Barca proved they can also do it and with uh, Dembele and Luis Suarez they scored in the last three minutes those two goals which gave them really three, uh, three really important points and then I would also mention the Sevilla 2 Barca 4 where Messi scored that amazing volley kick after Rakitic crossed it into him I mean Sevilla started uh, winning in two occasions during that game they went 1-0 up then 2-1 but Barca came back with a messy hat-trick and I think that was a really important game and finally uh, the Barca Atletico of course more recently there was a big gap but if Atleti won things could have changed but Diego Costa kind of blew it up for Atleti and Barca won in the end 2-0 yeah, I remember the Costa one, but some of those ones you picked out there I'd forgotten about, especially the Rayo one. Yeah, I think you're right, that was a, a key comeback at a crucial point of the season. Yeah. Um, so we all know Messi's been Barcelona's MVP, and it was fitting that he as captain scored the league-clinching goal. But what other players have been important in this championship other than Messi? Can you name three of them for us? Yeah, certainly. Um, I'll start off with Piquet, because I think in defence this season he's been just phenomenal. I mean, he's been so consistent, so solid, barely committed any mistakes in the back. He led his team. He was one of the captains for me, apart from Messi. Piquet on the field is always like helping his teammates, always giving them... Uh, conversation ideas things to do telling them how to move how to organize themselves so I think Piquet has been incredible then I would like to mention Jordi Alba uh, that left flank he's just so important especially offensively I think he kind of compensates for the lack of offensiveness provided by Semedo or Sergio Roberto I'm not saying they're not offensive but Jordi Alba is just way more offensive and he's so good at sneaking behind the back of the defenders and then crossing it in and giving all those assists I mean great season by Jordi Alba and finally I could mention Ter Stegen, but I'm going to go for Rakitic because I think he's been really consistent too. I mean, he's been so important for Valverde. He plays basically all the minutes uh, in most of the games. He never fails. He he comes. Um, he becomes important in the really difficult games and never like hides. I mean, Rakitic has been a key figure, and we'll see if he continues with us next season. Yeah, no, thanks for that. I've got to agree with all three of those. And to be honest, you could have named probably everybody in the squad. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not Kevin Prince, both time, but everyone else, I would have agreed with you if you'd said them. They've all been very important. And of course, we have to talk a bit about Messi because he deserves it. 34 goals, 15 assists. Just how good has he been? 
Yeah, I mentioned those three, but of course, Messi was the best one. And we keep trying to define Messi, but I think we just fall short. It's just impossible, you know? Um, he's now 31 years old. Maybe we expected him at the beginning of the season to maybe step back a bit and kind of let other players um, help him out. But no, it, we've seen one of the best versions of Messi uh, in the last few years. I mean, he's been fantastic. Those 34 goals you mentioned, those 15 assists, he just keeps delivering. He creates so many chances and the most importantly, he actually scores them in the end. So it's going to be hard, especially when he leaves the AM era, the after Messi era is going to be so tough because there's not going to be any other player like him. Yeah, I think you're right. And we saw this in this weekend's game. Let's get into that, the Levante victory. It wasn't until Messi came on as a substitute that Barcelona really hurt them. And overall, this victory over Levante was probably one of the more underwhelming performances, at least, uh, I'd say, the last 10 minutes. It was very nervous. You were there, Roman. What did you think of this specific game? Yeah, I agree with you. I think Barca didn't show their best version. They struggled, they had their chances at the beginning, but then in the second half, it's true that um, little by little, they started getting closer to to, to Levante's area. They started getting good chances until Messi finally scored that lovely goal by um, fainting past two defenders and then slotting it in the corner. I mean, credit to Levante because the first half defensively, they were really well organized. They were very solid, really hard to get past. And in that second half, when Barca scored, they were capable of reacting. They came forward, they looked for the chances. Morales had a one-on-one, which should have been a goal. Then they hit the post, then they had another few chances. So Barca were, were, very, were struggling a lot. The fans, you could tell, were very nervous. What's going to happen? Are they going to score and take away the celebration the last minute but in the end um, they managed to make it work and thankfully the one nil was enough yeah so they made it work and then that made Luis Rubiales trip to Barcelona with the cup uh, it didn't waste his trip because he was able to present it to, to Messi Barcelona will want many more trophies this season President Bartomeu even stated afterwards that they're looking for a treble this year they take on Liverpool on Wednesday the first leg of their Champions League semi-final it's at the Camp Nou how confident are you and everyone else in Barcelona well, I sense a lot of optimism in Barcelona, to be honest. I think people really believe that we can do this, especially with such an amazing Messi we're seeing lately. But in my case, I'm a bit more cautious because, I mean, Liverpool defensively are very, very solid. Their midfield is very balanced and up front. I mean, Firmino, Salah, Mane, these guys have been incredible this season. They can score goals, they can break down defences and I am slightly worried. It's going to be really tough. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but... Barca certainly have the quality and the players to get through to the next, well, to the final, basically. Yeah, and Valverde, he's been known to alter his tactics for these kind of big games. Do you think we'll see a 4-3-3 with Coutinho or Dembele in attack, or could it be a 4-4-2, maybe even a return of that sort of Nelson Semedo, Sergio Roberto double team on the right wing? What do you think we'll get tactically for this game against Liverpool? Well, in fact, the other day against Levante, um, during the game, Valverde changed from a 4-3-3 to a 4-4-2 because he brought in, he brought in Sergio Roberto for um, Dembélé yeah. and put him in midfield. A dress, a dress rehearsal, maybe. Yeah. So, but I don't think it's a dress rehearsal. I think it was just more of a defensive uh, setting because Levante were pushing really hard and he wanted to have more players in the midfield. I actually think he's going to go with a 4-3-3 against Liverpool because he rested Coutinho at halftime. I think he's thinking of playing him against his ex-team. I mean, that's going to be very motivating for Coutinho. And it has to be said, Coutinho was really good in that first half against Levante. I really liked him, to be honest. One of the best performances I've seen from him this season, which has been hard to find. 
So, I mean, credit with that. And then um, I think he probably plays Sergio Roberto instead of Semedo as a right back because he trusts Sergio Roberto a bit more, even though he's not as strong defensively. Sergio Roberto is really good at um, associating with his teammates and in the last few metres, he's good. Yeah, well, watch out for that, Liverpool fans. Roman predicting a Coutinho masterclass <laughs> against his former team. So we've got the Champions League. Barcelona are going for there's a Copa del Rey final against Valencia as well on May 25th. So Roman, be bold now. How many trophies will Barcelona finish this season with? Uh, you and you're asking the wrong guy. I'm not going <laughs> to take so many risks. But I will say, I do think that Barca will win the Copa del Rey. I mean, Valencia still have um, important things to, to compete for. They want to make it to the Champions League. They're fighting for the Europa League. And we'll see how they arrive to that final mentally and physically. I think Barca will be in better conditions and they will have the advantage of, of dominating this competition in the last uh, years. And also, I think in the Champions League, if Barca managed to get past Liverpool, it will look really good in the final against Ajax or Spurs. I think that's the key. If we make it to the final, I think it's super, super close. Cool. So you're going for two and a half trophies. I like it. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you for that, Roman. Enjoy the party up in Catalonia. That's all for part one of this week's podcast. And part two, it's time to look down the table at the race for Europe and all the way down at the relegation battle too. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to this week's La Liga Lowdown podcast as we dissect match day 35. We've discussed the champions Barcelona in depth. Now let's turn our attentions to the capital where Atletico and Real Madrid have been battling it out for second. Two 1-0 victories over the weekend tilted this race even more in Atleti's favour as Diego Simeone's side won 1-0 over Real Valladolid thanks to an own goal from Joaquin Fernandez, the usual handful of Jano Black saves and the referee's decision to ignore a quite clear Santiago Arias handball in the area. Real Madrid meanwhile made the short trip to Rayo Vallecano where there was a penalty given and where Adrian Barba beat Thibaut Courtois to earn Rayo three points 
that maybe come just a little too late. Whatever rivals fate come the end of the season, they'll remember this one in Vallecas though, their first win over Real Madrid since 1997. Now let's move on and take a look at the European race that nobody wants to win. So Sevilla's English Twitter account had a tweet on Saturday. It went as so. Yo, at Premier League, if none of your teams want 4th place, could you just give it to us? Would make life easier. Well, since that tweet in La Liga we've seen 4th place Atafi lose 2-1 to Real Sofidad, 5th place Sevilla lose 1-0 to Girona and 6th place Valencia lose 1-0 to Eibar. It seems nobody wants the 4th Champions League berth in La Liga either. Maybe we'll be getting a tweet from the runners up in the Faroe Islands or something like that, asking to borrow La Liga's final Champions League ticket next. This seems like the perfect time to bring in Paco in Valencia, where this European race is being monitored ever so closely. Hi there Paco, so let's start with your local side Valencia. You were there at Mestalla to see Eibar snatch a victory in the final minute through a well-taken Charles goal. What went wrong for Valencia? Uh, I believe ambition was a crucial matter in their defeat against the Armero squad because Valencia simply gave up on being a solid team in the first half and they relied heavily on their defence and their keeper Neto to stop Eibar from going to the locker room with an advantage. Um, they improved in the second half but they were too tired, at least they seemed so. And it was too late in the game and their strikers were too clumsy when finishing clear chances. So that late minute goal by Charles was just insult added to injury in Valencia's case. Yeah, and speaking of injuries, are they starting to take a toll on Valencia? No Kondogbia, no Cherishev, no Cristiano Puccini, Lee Kang is in South Korea. Yeah, of course, especially if we talk about Kondogbia and Cherishev. Uh, Kanji Lee's absence is sorely missed, but you know, Marcelino has his issues and we have to respect that. But in Kondogbia's case, for example, he was a key player in Marcelino's lineup and the, uh, he was going to be almost certainly a starter in the crucial games coming up against Arsenal in the Europa League and also in the Copa del Rey final. And his absence means that other players has, have to make an extra effort due to the lack of rotation and we could see against Eibar in the second half that the very hot weather and that physical toll stopped Valencia maybe from pressing harder and winning the game. Yeah, and is the is the Europa League now the the most likely route into the 2019-20 Champions League for Valencia instead of in fourth place in La Liga? And how do you think they'll do against Arsenal at the Emirates on Thursday night uh, for the first leg? Well, I actually think Valencia still might have a very small chance of achieving the fourth place in La Liga, but again possibly beating Arsenal and winning the Europa League is more realistic as it really depends on Valencia themselves. That double fixture against the, the London team is going to be tough as hell as Unai Emery has a super team under him and he knows Valencia top to bottom after four years coaching the team. So the Emirates first leg will be crucial if Valencia managed to score in London and they defend in the way they have defended in the last two, three, four months, they will surely make it into the final. And as we mentioned, the, the good news for Valencia in La Liga is that all of their Champions League rivals struggled as well. Sevilla and Hitafi lost and even 7th place Athletic and 8th place Alaves took points off each other by drawing 1-1. So which team holds initiative in the race for 4th place in your view? Yeah, it was a bad weekend overall for the teams racing for that fourth spot. I think uh, Getafe remain hopeful and they are like the wild card in this race, but I still believe Sevilla have a slight advantage as they have a better squad overall and slightly easier fixtures coming up. But again, the race between the two of them is going to be very, very close. Valencia are a bit behind and I think that their stumble against Eibar and also Rayo in the last month will ultimately penalise them quite a lot. 
And it looks like it's going to be a vast battle for that 7th place in the final Europa League position. Athletic Club on 50 points and Alaves on 47. Who do you think will win this battle and did Saturday's draw between these two teams make you more or less convinced about either of these sides? Well, that draw showed how competitive both Alaves and Athletic uh, remain, especially after seeing how, for example, Betis has fallen out from that race. Um, if I have to guess, I have to go with Athletic. Alaves have been too unreliable and unable to keep some sort of momentum for more than one or two games, whereas Athletic's run in the second half of La Liga has been excellent, propelling them from relegation spots to the fight for Europe. So, I believe Athletic's got this, and they showed how resilient they can be in that game this weekend against Alaves and also that point advantage for them works in their favour. Yeah, and finally, let's talk about another Basque team, Ibar, quickly. They're in 10th and probably too far away to qualify for the Europa League because they're in 43 points and 7 behind 7th place Athletic. But how impressed were you with them and their victory over Valencia? And, you know, former Valencia man Fabian Orellana, he was quite good, no? Yeah, I liked Orellana's performance and I also was very impressed in the way Eibar celebrated because they surely needed those three points to clear their minds off any relegation chances. I have always enjoyed uh, Mendilibar's teams. Um, I don't really think that they played that well against Valencia, but they did very well in the first half and they were clinical on the only chance they really had late in the game to beat Valencia into submission. Excellent stuff there, thank you Paco. Now, let's dive down to the relegation battle where we had some surprise wins. Not only did Raya Vallecano beat Real Madrid, but Girona won a home La Liga match for the first time since October 27th, back when you hadn't even finished your Halloween costume. Porto was a man rounding off a lovely team move, lots of passing, patience inside the Sevilla area for the only goal of that game. West and Villarreal, meanwhile, they shared the spoils as they drew 1-1 on Sunday afternoon with two wonder goals, a Rabona from Pablo Fornals and then a stunning volley from Chimney Alava, not even his first such goal this week. On Saturday, Celta Vigo drew 0-0 at Leganes and the less said about that one, the better. Alex is our girl in Vigo, so let's see what she thinks about the relegation battle as a whole. Hi Alex, so let's start off by talking about the unhappy occupant of plot number 18 in La Liga Street, that's Real Valladolid. They moved out of the relegation zone on Tuesday night, but victories for Levante on Thursday and Girona on Sunday over the Andalusian sides, Betis and Sevilla have dropped to Pusela back in it. Real Valladolid have Athletic at home, Rayo away and Valencia at home. Can they stay up? Well, I think it would be very difficult for them. As you mentioned, they have a quite difficult match schedule and of the teams fighting to stay up, they are one of the teams that haven't really got any momentum or anything around their matches to kind of push them. Um, There hasn't really been any change at all, to be honest. Um, They are suffering a lot of injuries as well. They don't have the same player quality as most of the other teams and they are as well lacking in attitude, which is a key when you're in a situation like this. So I do think they have a very big risk of going down. Yeah, they may not have the quality of players in the squad, but they do have the quality of player in the boardroom. Ronaldo, the majority shareholder, and he seems quite annoyed right now. He's hit out on social media at some of the refereeing decisions that have gone against the team. 
do you think they have a point? Were they hard done by against Atletico Madrid on Saturday? Well, in one way, I think uh, they do have a point, and in another way, they don't. Uh, I'm not sure if they should have been a penalty bet, uh, against Atleti, but in general, the, the referee standard in Spain has never really been the best. And this season, we have had the introduction of VAR, which Spain, to be honest, haven't really been able to handle or use in the right way. And I think there is every club in La Liga, except for two or three, have in one way or another publicly complained about the referees this season. So in that sense, Valladolid are not the only one who's having the decisions coming against them. Fair enough. Let's talk about Girona now. It was a very overdue home victory for them against Sevilla, but they're still only two points ahead of Valladolid. How shocked were you to see them win this one at home and against Sevilla? Yeah, I didn't expect that at all. Uh, on another hand, though, Sevilla is a team that is a little bit of a juju at the, uh, lately. They can be superb in one match, and then they are horrendous in the next, and then they are superb, and then they are horrendous, etc. But from the Girona perspective, it was a big surprise. They've had eight consecutive defeats and just looked worse and worse. So for them, this was just huge, a huge moral boost as well, I think. Now, you and I were both at Leganes and Celta Vigo's goalless draw. It was quite a boring game. Nothing really happened apart from one Iago Aspas chance and a Mexican wave and the presence of Aspas's mother as well. But Celta Vigo earned a valuable point and are now free above the drop zone. You're based in Vigo. Do you still worry about them? The thing is with Celta is that Iago Aspas is so, so important. Celta is so completely dependent on him. So if he would suddenly get injured again again, or sent off in the wrong match or the wrong moment, everything will most likely collapse. So with him, they have nothing to worry about, I would say. But there is always a risk of losing him. And as soon as they would lose him, that's where where it would get really, really bad. So in that sense, I think the Celta fans cannot really relax until they are mathematically safe. So and, And I think they all feel like that. Yeah, and with Aspas, you mentioned it would be a big disappointment if he was to get injured. He did look a little bit sore when he went down after one challenge in this one with a shoulder injury. He seems to be fine, yeah? That's right? Yeah, he does. And I think every time uh, Iago Aspas goes down like like that or or in any match, he has some sort of of injury concern. Uh, We had one match where he actually went off because he was so, so tired. But he, he, he... I think it makes a heart attack in, in most Celta fans because they know he is, how important he is. He is the team at this point. Um, nothing more, nothing less. OK, and if we assume that Rayo Vallecano and Huesca are too far gone, which one club out of Celta Vigo, Levante, Girona and Real Valladolid is going to be relegated in your opinion? Uh, well, I think it stands mainly between Levante and, and Real Valladolid just because they have, uh, in comparison with Girona, they have uh, more difficult match schedules while Salta have Iago Aspas as it stands. Uh, so for me, it's it's between those two and I would probably go with Real Valladolid in the end. OK, thank you, Alex. It's certainly tight at the bottom. So let's finish by running through the La Liga table. Huescar bottom with 30 points, Rayo second bottom with 31, Real Valladolid 18th and in that final relegation spot with 35 points, Girona 17th for 37, Levante 16th for 37 and Celta Vigo 15th also on 37. At the top we know Barcelona's haul of 83 points is already enough to win the whole thing so one final congratulations to them. That's all for this week's podcast. Remember to follow us at La Liga Loden on Twitter where we'll be all across the European games for Barcelona and Valencia as well as a Monday night fixture between Real Betis and Espanyol. That's been your match day 35, La Liga Loden. See you next time. This was a Radio Staccato production. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.